You're now listening to the Spirit-Filled Sales and Entrepreneur Podcast, where any line between the natural and the supernatural is erased. All right, welcome to the Spirit-Filled Sales Professionals and Entrepreneurs Podcast. We have Gwen Mays with us today, and she is an entrepreneur and a coach that helps wounded wives regain their confidence and step into their destiny with God. And uh, I mean, she just has an incredible journey of following the Lord, encountering him in supernatural ways and him leading her out of just trauma and, and drama and, uh, and really bringing her to where she's at now. So thank you for coming on here and being willing to share your story with God and how you stepped into what you're doing now. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so privileged to be here and share. I, I feel led to speak and share anywhere that I can to tell other people my story and just the testimony that God has been developing in my life. So I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. Well, yeah, you can kind of let us, uh, let us into your world a little bit and, and, and look back, you know, uh, how the Lord has led you through everything to, to where now you're basically giving people the same breakthrough that took, I mean, you said your journey started when you were like 18, uh, and now, you know, I think it's cool as a coach, if anybody other has never <laughs> done coaching, coaching is basically someone condensing like 15, 20 years of their process with God in like six months into your life. So what, um, what, what, where did it start with you? Like you said, it started at 18. Maybe you can just share with us a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So it started at 18 for me. I had a really great childhood when I was little. I grew up in a Christian home and my, my parents were so good to us and just led us with our walk, walk with the Lord. And so, um, at 18 is when I found out one of my close family members took 71 Tylenol and didn't mm. tell me for three days. And wow. that just like rocked my world at the time. I was just not sure what to do with that information and what had happened because it was so close to me. Yeah. And I, it was like one of those things that you see in the movies and you're like, that's never going to be me. Mm. And then it was my life and it broke my heart in many places because I couldn't imagine someone being in such pain that they would want to take their life, that they would, that was their only option. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was starting out my journey. And I didn't know what to do with that information or pain. So I just kind of put it in, in my backpack. I kind of added to my baggage and that's where it started. And along that way, um, I started adding more and more from trauma after trauma that I was experiencing. And so my baggage got heavier all along the way. Yeah. Um, and there's like a 14 year period there starting at 18 that I had to like, like I just had so many traumas that it felt as though life was happening so fast and so rapidly with the trauma. And because I didn't know what to do with it. And that's just my default was carrying my baggage with me. This is just, okay, we're just going to keep moving on that it felt like I was drowning in life. Like I couldn't hardly come up for air fast enough to get my breath before something else would just pull me back down. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, go ahead. You know, you had, you had grown up in a Christian home 
And then this pivotal moment in your family with an attempted suicide, uh, did you have a real and vibrant relationship with the Lord up to that point? Or was it more just like you go to church on a Sunday, you know, mm, kind of thing? Or... Yeah. So I was very passionate about the Lord. I've always felt very passionate about him. And, um, throughout my life, even at that age, I didn't feel like the, the thirst and the, I could quench my thirst for how deeply I wanted to be in my walk with him. So, Throughout this process, while I didn't understand and know what to do with that baggage, I leaned into the Lord. And so he, he showed me a little bit each step of the way, but, um, it took a while. Like it was that 14 year of training period with the Lord. Now, did that trauma and the preceding traumas impact your faith? Did you feel like you took a step back or Cause sometimes, you know, hard times, difficult things can do, it can either deepen you or, or, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much knock you off course. So how did those traumas impact you? Yeah. So with each one that I experienced, I felt like it pushed me deeper into my walk with the Lord because awesome. I was coming to him and I was asking him, what, what is this? Like, why is this happening? And I, I, for the longest time, I couldn't make sense of that. And, um, along the way he showed me so many different things. I, I knew within my soul, God is good. Like I know he's good and he doesn't desire these things to happen to me, but I didn't understand all of that fully until I went through so many things. And I just pressed into that relationship so deeply, uh, through those things. And it's kind of like any other relationship that we have in life. It's either going to tear it down or it's going to grow it very deeply to have such deep pain within it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we talked a little bit about this before because a lot of times people go through a difficult season or something traumatic will happen or a tragedy in their life, losing a child, losing a business or just difficult times. And years later, they look back and they see all this good that the Lord brought about into their life because of those things. And they think, well, God must have meant for me to go through such a thing. And it's not that God caused the problem, caused the tragedy, or even willed it to happen in your life, but he's just so good at pulling treasure out of trash that when you look in hindsight, it would appear as though those tragedies were actually meant to be, or that they were God's will in your life. But the reality is that he's a good dad and, mm-hmm. and, and, he, and he's, he's not interested in bringing pain, tragedy, uh, suffering into people's lives in order to teach them a lesson. I mean, there's been a lot of teaching on this, uh, even really good teaching, especially Bill Johnson. Have you ever heard, uh, it just, you know, God is good. And, and, and would a good father give, his child cancer to teach him a better, uh, teach him better character. No, now right. can you learn better character through difficult things? Absolutely. And so it's really mm-hmm. good. I'm, I, it's just refreshing for your foundation. Like you've gone through so many traumas to say like, no, God did not cause these in my life, but he has done a work in my heart through them. And he's brought something now that he will, I mean, as cheesy as it is to say, it's not actually cheesy because a lot of times when you go through a difficult time in life, somebody says, Hey, God works in mysterious ways. And, or he'll, they'll say, 
you know, he turns all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, which is 100% true. But I don't know, you're going through a difficult time and somebody comes up and says, you know, he's going to turn it all for good. It just kind of like nails on a chalkboard sometimes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Like, Gosh, it's just a, such a pat answer that regurgitates out of every believer's mouth when someone's going through a hard time. Nonetheless, it's totally true. And, uh, and he does bring good out of everything that we go through. So uh, I'm rambling now, but why don't you go ahead and just continue to share your journey and, and what you've been through and how God brought you to now yeah. being able to bring that same breakthrough to other women. Absolutely. So yeah, within the midst of that, um, he did teach me that is, is that he is always good. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't cause these things. So I love that you're bringing that up because a lot of people get so confused in the midst of trauma to be like, well, why is God doing this to me? And that was one of the questions that I had for him is like, like what, why is this here in my life? And so that was kind of my journey along the way is finding that out is understanding how does this fit into God's character being good? Cause he always is good. Um, so as we move in my journey, um, I went from this event that happened in my family, which, um, was an attempted suicide. So they, they were able to, um, overcome that by the grace of God. It was a complete miracle that they're alive and well today. Yeah. Um, and, and I was grateful for that, but still coming out of it, I felt like, what do I do with this, these emotions? And then, um, right after that, I got, uh, married very young. Mm. Um, and early on in our marriage, we found out that we were expecting and we lost two pregnancies in a row. And so that was a struggle, especially coming out of this emotional space of what do I do with this trauma that just happened? And then to add to that several times over with losing children um, and miscarriage is just, it, it was just unfathomable for me. Like, how do I, how do I process all of this? Hmm. Um, and then as I come out of that, adding to my baggage again, not knowing what to do with it and just praying in the Lord and saying, I know you're good. I need to figure out where this is coming from. What do I do with it? But I'm going to lean into you and know you're good no matter what. Um, yeah. But moving forward, I found out um, that a friend of mine had taken their life. And so at that point, I was just like, I have to do something with this. Like this cannot keep happening to me in my life to, to have these people around me that are suffering so much. So that's when I volunteered to, um, help out with a suicide hotline. And so I did that for a couple of years and that was part of what the Lord used to teach me some things within empathy and how to use the gifts that he had given me in a constructive way. And so that was a huge, like, like jump forward for me that I was able to use the gifts that he had. It was such a beautiful way of, um, constructively using that at the time. Um, and so I learned a lot through that. And then we moved forward a little bit later. My husband had gone into the military okay. and, um, we, he did that early on, but he went and had, um, some training that was away from home. And he called me on the training during the training. I was very upset. 
and I couldn't figure out what's going on. I'm like, okay, why are you calling me? Like, why are you upset? And the conversation ended up boiling down to like, he confessed to, um, a having someone come to his room. Like he had called Mm -hmm. someone to his room. And so I, at that point was like, okay, so now I need to like sit down for a minute, really think about things. And, um, Mm. and then I asked him like, so why are you telling me this? And then out comes, um, an addiction to pornography. So we had to both kind of step back from our our daily life and, and really sit down and focus on our marriage and really press into, to see like, okay, is this going to work? Like, how do we make this work? Because to me, marriage is like, huge. Like I, I, when I commit to something, I commit to it good or bad. Um, so we walked through that and we healed from that and the Lord healed us from that. Um, and then I felt called later on this, a few years down the road to go into the military. Hmm. And, um, well, so I, when I went into the military, I met, a young lady and she was much younger than I was at the time. And she was just such a great, great friend. Um, someone that I like kind of mentored. I, I kind of attribute it to my first client, so to speak. Yeah. Um, that the the military, before we left for basic training, I poured into her and helped her um, prepare for basic training because we had like a program before we left. And so we left really close together. We had all these similar things. We met up in training and then um, ended up coming back to the same base together. After a couple of years, that relationship and me pouring into her, um, I found out one day through the hallway as I was passing in the hallway that she had taken her life. and. Um, at that point in my journey, it was the breaking point for me. So I was so broken and there was other things in my journey that I didn't share because I don't want it to be super long, but um, yeah. I was just so broken with 14 years worth of trauma that was now I'm carrying around and it just got to be too heavy. I was like this, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So I found myself on my knees in front of the Lord. And this is one of the things that just really sticks out in my mind with my relationship with him. Yeah. Um, Cause I found myself there and I was distraught and crying and just like, I, I was so the pain was so raw at that point because um, I had felt kind of guilty that maybe even though she knew I was there to support her, if she had suicidal thoughts or anything like that, she never shared that with me. So I thought that I had failed her in some degree. And that's an easy thing for people around, um, others that have taken their life, um, to, to feel. And I knew that because I had been in the suicide hotline. So this just was very personal for me. And, um, And I found myself just giving all that to God and saying, look, this is where I'm at. Like my pain is too much. My heart is shattered into what feels like a million pieces on the floor. How am I supposed to pick all those pieces up? And that's the, 
the gentle moment that he came to me and was my light bulb moment and my turning point that he said, who, who asked you to pick those pieces up? That's my job. Mm. And so that's when it occurred to me. It just was a light bulb moment of, I haven't ever given him all my baggage. Yeah. And so I laid it all down there. I said, you can have every bit of it, take it, heal it, do whatever you want with it. I don't care. Like yeah. I don't want. And that was my turning point and just something that just felt like I went from heavy, heavy weight to just this lightened burden that I was like, it's yours. Like do what you want with it. Yeah. And so that's when he started the healing process, which he rapidly healed me um, yeah. very quickly and called me into coaching. And so oh, that was God. how I got there. And um, it was just an amazing, amazing journey to that point. But my story is far from over at that point, even. Yeah. I got to just kind of speak into that for a moment because rapid healing and rapid healing process. I mean, that right there, so many people are focused on the quote unquote healing process. And mm-hmm. Hey, I get it. We all have a process, all that stuff, but I just got to get a little bit preachy here for a moment, because when you think about the fact that Jesus Christ by his stripes, you were healed. That is past mm-hmm. tense upon the cross, your physical, emotional, and spiritual, everything was healed by his stripes. You were healed upon the cross. Now, a lot of people that believe in supernatural healing, when they're praying for somebody who's sick, they pray from the place of that healing having happened past tense. So we're not praying for someone to be healed. We're praying for the healing that happened on the cross to manifest in this time and space. But when you get into like the soul healing, emotional healing and all that stuff, it's like, nobody applies that. It's like, Hey, you're going to sit for years in a counseling office and you're going to go on a hamster wheel. And not that that stuff doesn't help. Uh, or, you know, you, you know, people recovering from addiction is long processes, but there is actually a place where God will rapidly heal you. And there is a surrender that you stepped into by letting God come and fight your battles and pick up the pieces for you that I think needs to be addressed and focused on more that so much healing can happen so much faster than you think. And, mm-hmm. oh, I, you know, maybe someone out there wants to be a coach or they want to be an entrepreneur or they want to be in ministry and they think, well, I've gone through all these things in my life and I need to get healed before I can come to that place. And while, yeah, you probably do need to get healed. God can do the things that you need done to get you to the places you need to go a lot faster than you think, because he Mm -hmm. actually wants you to walk in your destiny way more than you want to walk in your destiny. And he has things for you to do things for you to accomplish. And you think God wants to sit with you for your whole life while you get better and healed up. No, he wants you healed now. So you can get out there, start impacting people, influencing people, bringing other people into the relationship with God that he desires to have with them so that they can step into the destiny that he has for them and fulfill the dreams that are upon his heart for their life. So this is so good because you actually tapped into the rapid healing process that comes through surrender. Um, Healing does not come through focusing on healing process. Healing comes Mm -hmm. through surrender. And that's where you can really start to step into that acceleration. So 
Uh, I have a lot more to say about that, but um, yeah. yeah. Why don't you go ahead and, and, and talk about like, now that you have been stepping into that, like, well, let me just back up for a second. One of the questions I wanted to ask you was, you know, what's the most supernatural experience in your relationship with God through the trauma or even more recently that you've had throughout these years? Like when, when did he show up in such a way where it was like, this is now undeniable that it, yes, I've always believed, but now my belief is just exploding because of this experience. Okay. So there's a couple of things. One is a past story. And so I'll share that. And the other one moves into my present. So I'll share that next. So I can kind of take you along the journey again. Awesome. Um, but the first one was when I was pregnant with, um, my second full-term pregnancy. So it was my fourth pregnancy, my second daughter, I have two daughters and she's my youngest. And, um, I was, when I first got pregnant with her, we went to the doctor pretty early on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I was maybe five or six weeks, very, very early. It was the first, um, appointment somehow at that first appointment. And I believe this was God. They found on the ultrasound, which they don't usually do at that appointment. Um, that she had fluid on the back of her neck Mm. and it was so much fluid that it was almost larger than how big she was. So, so what they said was within that medical term, whatever it was called, um, they said, this never will usually end in a full-term pregnancy. And Mm. So they didn't give us hope. In fact, the whole doctor's visit, we moved from several different nurses and doctors that wanted to see the case. And within that visit, every single one of them made it very clear that this will probably not be a full-term pregnancy. And if for whatever miracle she was able to come full-term, that there would be some sort of disability, some sort of syndrome is what they usually see with this type of thing. But they made it very clear that her fluid was so much that they have never seen one survive like that. Mm. So um, I believe that that was God setting this all up to show himself in such a massive way. And so as I go about um, that, that doctor's visit, I was more discouraged and more discouraged as we go on. Cause we had, like yeah. I said, had two miscarriages in the past and they're basically saying prepare for a miscarriage. And they even told us multiple times during that visit that you are young, you can have more kids, go enjoy life and have another baby. Like as if she was already gone. Wow. And so they spoke death over my child that had not even had a chance to start life yet. And Um, I walked away very discouraged from that visit. It was complete silence in the car on the way home. And I just was sitting there thinking like, I have to prepare myself for what's inevitable that they're saying, because they know better than I do. And as I sat and thought with that, I was, I was very sad. And then I got home and I stopped right as I entered the, the door of my house And I was like, wait a second, hold on. Like, I don't have to listen to what man is saying and speaking over my child. I don't have to accept those words. Come on. And so I grabbed my Bible and I ran to my husband and I said, look, and I opened it to Psalms 
And I said, listen to what God says. He speaks life over us, no matter what our circumstances are. He says that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death and that we will fear no evil. So I'm not going to fear evil. I am going to speak <laughs> life over this child and she will not only be full term, but she's going to be completely healthy. She's gonna, not going to have any syndrome. Yes. And so I prayed over my belly every day and I, I spoke the word over my belly every day. And my husband was just like kind of taken aback. He's like, I don't know what to think because you're telling me this, but the doctor said that. So I just told him, just wait, just wait and see. And so this pregnancy, because it was so um, like they weren't sure how it would go. They wanted to do an ultrasound like every week. So it was amazing because every, at the first couple of times it was like every couple of weeks and then they did it every week. Mm -hmm. And so we got to witness the miracle in like the ultrasound pictures to show what God was doing. And so as we had an ultrasound every single time, the doctors were more and more amazed. Like they're like the fluids going down, she's growing and the fluids going down. And Mm -hmm. so each ultrasound, it did that until I got to be about six months along and it was completely gone. And they were like, this is bizarre. This, they were trying to figure it out with science and make it make sense. And they couldn't. And so I, uh, they had me do this test to see if she was like normal and not having anything. And it came back completely normal and they were baffled. They were like, this makes no sense. Like, and it, it was just all God. Like it was amazing because he used it to minister to these people and also to myself and my family and just my faith. And I got to just witness this beautiful miracle. Well, we ended up having her full term. She was full, full term. And, um, God (laughs) was very adamant about that part. Um, And so we had her full term, completely healthy baby. She's had no issues since. And they were, she was so well and healthy that the doctors kept trying to poke and prod her to find something wrong because they had to make it make sense. And I'm like, it's, it's not, you're not going to make it make sense with science because it's God. It's supernatural. It's not going to make sense with science. That is Um, so good. it was just a very um, amazing thing to like witness God and, and just stepping out in faith and saying, this baby's going to be fine. And like seeing God follow through with that. So it was just beautiful. I love that. That's so good. Uh, and that those kind of moments just mark you like now that's like an anchor in your life for anything that comes up, whether it's financial or health or, you know, relational, no matter what comes your way you can anchor yourself to that Psalm that those, that, that word became the, the point of basically the breakthrough. And now that is like a memorial stone in your life, that testimony, even that testimony going forth right now, if someone out there actually is listening to this and is pregnant or suffering from any type, do you know what passage it was that you read in particular? Do you know what it was? Um, I will, I read two different ones, Psalms 23 and Psalms, um, 91. Psalm 91. That it is. Yeah. So take those, if you're out there listening and you're coming up against something that, you know, the, the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill mm-hmm. and destroy. And if you see anything going on in your life that is, has the fingerprint of the enemy, then you can 
you know, you can take those scriptures and you can take them because it's the sword of the, of the word, and you can use them to advance the kingdom of God in your life, which is righteousness, mm -hmm. peace, and joy. And, uh, oh man, I just feel so much, just there's like an anointing on your story to release fresh faith because the testimony, it, it actually releases a power for the same miracle and breakthrough that you you experience for mm -hmm. other people to experience that. So anybody who's having trouble with pregnancy or having kids or doctor's reports or anything, just that right there is, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. That, I mean, that's amazing. God yeah. is amazing. So go ahead and continue sharing your story. Like how did, how did, uh, how did things progress now? Like with where you're at in coaching and. So, um, he, I left off where God had called me into coaching. And, um, so I went through a coaching course online and I walked through that and he used that in that rapid healing process, that coaching course, and just um, where he was at with me at the time. And it was rapid healing. And I think what you said earlier was so important that it's the heart. Like I was able to surrender everything to, I didn't hold anything back. And I think a lot of us where we stumble in the length of time with healing, it can sometimes be because we're, we're holding on to things because it feels like normal to have that with us and it, the change and the difference in having things in a different way moving forward is the scary part. So letting go of it and giving it to God, it's scary. You're so right. we kind of hold on to those things sometimes. And I think because I released it all and just let every, let him have everything, that's where the rapid healing came into play. So as yeah. I go through the coaching course, um, he rapidly was healing me. And, um, I learned a lot about emotions through that, like a mm. lot about emotions. And he talks in the scripture and I could talk about this all day, but he talks in the scripture and gives us so many great examples of Jesus, how to dealing, how to deal with emotions. And the way that we should go about that. And it doesn't, I feel like there's so much black and white for people. Like it doesn't mean that we have to be either good or we're not good. Like it's not a black and white thing. We can walk in confidence and joy with the Lord and yet have human emotion because Jesus did yeah. it. Right. Um, and so that's kind of what he started teaching me through that. And I became a life coach. And then, um, I started coaching. I did quite a bit of coaching at first, and then he called me to write a course. So I stepped back a little bit from the one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I took about six months to just sit and write this first course that he had asked me to write. And, um, and so that course was all about the 14 year process that I had just gone through. It was mm -hmm. how to, how to discover, um, who you are in Christ and get that foundation first and then move into how can I process life from here on out? Yeah. How do I deal with my stress? How do I, um, overcome traumas and things? So we touch on a lot of different things and spiritual warfare within that course as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wrote that and then I moved back into coaching, but it seemed like it wasn't really picking up a whole lot. And I was expecting after all of this trauma and all this baggage and everything that he had done, I'm like, 
don't you want me to use this to like help people? Where's the people at? Um, so there wasn't a lot of people storming down my door that I was, and I was kind of expecting that with how much he had done. And so I was like, I don't know what you're doing, God, but I'm game for whatever it is. So I just kind of let him have the business and let him do it in his time. And I didn't focus on the, the results or how many people I had. It's not about the numbers. It's not about that. It's more about what he is wanting to do and in what timing, because he must have something else going on um, that he wants me to understand or see before he moves this forward. So I just allowed him to do that. And um, moving forward a couple of years after he had called me into coaching is when we had decided um, we were going to move to Tampa. We felt led to move to Florida. We were in Illinois at the time. And so it was a big cross country move, but this felt very normal for us being a military family. So um, we moved to Tampa and everything was good for a few weeks, but we were waiting on all of our stuff to arrive and it just didn't arrive. And we were like, so what's going on? Like, why is there such a delay? And so we just kind of waited around for our things to arrive. And then this three week period happened where our things, we found out that we were not going to get our things back. They were stolen by the movers and that just was not happening. And they, um, that was, that was a huge thing. Um, but in that time that we were waiting, I thought in the back of my head, this may be a possibility that we might not get our stuff back because we had heard rumors about some movers that had done that to other people. So I was in the back of my mind thinking this might be a possibility. So what I did was I started fighting the war and I lifted my hands in praise in the middle of an empty house in Tampa, Florida. And I started thanking God for what I did have. So I thanked him for my family. I thanked him for the roof over my head and the job that I had. And I, I thanked him for my health because I had all of those things together And it was in that three week period that we found out we lost all of our things and the enemy started attacking everything, everything that I had specifically prayed for. And that's how I knew it was an attack because he attacked my health with my vision. Um, He also attacked my marriage. And I found out that my husband had an affair and he asked for a divorce. And then I also lost my job. So he attacked every single category of things that I was praising God for because he was mad at the, at the warfare that I was doing within the situation that I had. And so, um, as I am having this happen in a three week time period, I found out all of those things. And through that, I, I still praise God and I thanked him um, for whatever I could thank him for anything that came to mind. I just thank God for that and tried to, um, work through the human emotions that I was having, but I kept that joy of the Lord and that confidence through this, um, this time period before I found out that my husband, um, was having an affair. I, um, and this is the moment that I wanted to share with you earlier. This is yeah. another one of the spiritual, um, encounters with the Lord that just sticks in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, before I found out about that, it was right before I found out, 
he was getting ready to leave um, for this training with the military. He does that often. He's in the military. He goes back and forth, deploys, everything. So he was getting ready to leave and we were having a disagreement. And I was very upset because I had felt very disrespected and hurt and from some of the words that were said. So I, I went downstairs and left the, the area that he was in because I just needed space. And I prayed about it with the Lord because I wanted my heart to be in the right place. No matter if I'm hurt or not, I want to be in the right place um, when I speak with him. And so I prayed about it and I felt the Lord say, go upstairs and tell him that I still love him. Mm. And this was a moment for me that I was like, okay, like I want my heart to be in the right place. So I will do this because this is what you're asking me to do. And I want to set my heart in the right place before I do this. But, um, it was, it was one of those moments that God had kind of trained me on up to this point. And I got pretty used to like going in the opposite direction of where I wanted to go, which was just to get really mad. And to just kind of lash back at my husband. And so those were just the fleshly things that, um, that God had up to this point taught me how to set aside. So I had been trained to do that. So it wasn't like, it was like an easy thing for me to do. It wasn't, but it was easier than probably a lot of people that haven't like disciplined themselves in that way. Um, so I go upstairs And I, um, I tell him and I didn't know what his plans were. Hmm. I didn't know that he was going to have an affair when he left. That was when he had the affair. And so, but God did, God knew exactly what he was going to do. And so when I told him that I knew in my heart, when God said to tell him that, that this was a big thing, like it was a big message that he needed to hear. And I didn't know why, but that's just what I knew. So I said, I I stopped and I said, Zach, God just wants you to know that no matter what you do, no matter what you say or do, he still loves you and he always will. And it just, it was like one of those moments that just kind of knocked the wind out of my husband. And I could visibly see like a war going on inside of him of like, I don't understand that. Like, I don't, I couldn't understand that. So he was quiet for a long time and then responded with like, I can't understand why God would still love me. But I didn't know what he was talking about. I didn't know in his mind what he had already planned to do. And so that was one of those God moments. And as I looked back at it, I realized that was the God moment. And even though I didn't know at the time, it still felt very powerful, very powerful for me to speak that into his life. Yeah. And so um, that was just another one of those moments that I knew it was God and my husband knew it was God. Um, yeah. And so it's just really cool to look back at that and see that the direction that he was having in our life. I think one of the things that comes to mind with this, because so many, I mean, People like when there's when there when there's infidelity or anything that goes on, I mean, it's like immediate grounds for divorce. Like it's over, you know what I mean. But you have chosen a different path, and and you've chosen a path of forgiveness and restoration. And 
so many people I know when they listen, they'd be like, I'd be done. I'm gone. That's over. You know what I mean? And it's understandable and it's acceptable, but how did you, how did you overcome that? How did you actually overcome that? And, and, and how did God restore your marriage? So, um, I was, like I said, in that 14 year period, God had been training me. I didn't realize that he was training me, but he was telling me things along the way and showing me things along the way that I, I implemented into my life. And they were, it just seemed to me like a normal thing because of how my dad brought me up when I was little, like he did the same thing. He would teach me things to forgive very early on. All of these things were very normal within my life. So it was almost like, um, you know, I went into the military, so I always attribute things to like military terms, but, um, it was just like basic training with the Lord. So just kind of like little pieces here and there that I learned. And so when I got past that point and I, I had this three week period of things happen a lot of people saw it as that three week period of like, how did you go through so much in three weeks? And for me, it was just a confirmation. It wasn't the the things that I went through for that three weeks. Yes. I had human emotion with that. And yes, I struggled with some of those things, but it wasn't like I focused on those things that had happened. I was focused on my relationship with God and this for God he used it, not that he wanted it to happen because he didn't, but he used every piece of that to give me a confirmation of the confidence that he had already built in. I knew I had that confidence there, but I didn't know that it was there. He was using that situation that came along to highlight the confidence that I had within him and my relationship with him and that I could navigate any situation in life. It doesn't matter what situation comes up with truth, with love, with honesty, with um, the fruits of the spirit and with God and his relationship and leaning on his strength. How how would you tell, let's say a woman might be listening to this right now and her husband, she just found out. Mm -hmm. How would you practically de like, deconstruct, you know, if God's built this into you over the years, how, what would you say to that person just in like a nutshell, like this, these are the three things. If you're uh, to boil it down to three things that you need to do right now in order to forgive and walk with a clean heart through trauma and tragedy and forget unforgiveness. What, how would you deliver that to somebody? So the first thing that I would say, and this is key, and this is what I like to talk about a lot is emotions. So our emotions can take us for either a roller coaster ride or we can control them. Hmm. And it's, it's one or the other. We're going to let them drive us or we're going to drive them. So we do have human emotion. Like if we look at scripture and we look at Jesus in the garden, he was so stressed out from what was about to happen to him yeah. that he sweat blood. Yeah. So he's showing us that in the midst of the most stressful event in 
in ever in existence. Cause I can't imagine a more stressful event than what he went through. Yeah. Um, so he's showing us that in the most stressful event of existence, that he could go to the father and he could share his emotion and it wasn't a sin to do so. And it wasn't a sin to embrace it. So the emotions are a huge part of this. Mm. And before you can truly tackle those emotions, the next thing that I would say is focus on your baggage, letting go of your baggage. So that's, that would be like one thing that if you don't allow the Lord to heal that, it's going to be really hard to, to like focus on the emotions that are coming at you right now. Yeah. So that's the two things that I would say, um, are the main two things. And there's a, you know, there's a whole process with this, but like you said, it doesn't have to be a long thing. God can rapidly heal someone. And then as, as you get that healing, you're not going to have as many, um, emotions to deal with at one time. You're now going to have whatever comes at you one at a time. Yeah. So then you can focus on that one thing. And Jesus showed us the example. Um, another example from scripture is with Lazarus. So if we look at the story of Lazarus and how Jesus stayed in that town, even though they came and told him, Hey, like Lazarus is sick. You got to come. He stayed there. But at the beginning of that chapter, um, I'm trying to think of where it's at. I want to say Matthew or Mark. Um, but if you go look at the story of Lazarus at the beginning of the chapter, when they talk to Jesus about this, he says, this will not end in death. And that's key because he knew ahead of time what was going to happen. That, that showed that he knew ahead of time mm. that um, it wouldn't end in death. It doesn't mean that he wouldn't die. And so right. he, he goes from the place after a few days and he meets the family and they come and they're sharing their emotions with him saying, Hey, like Lazarus died. And instead of Jesus telling them, Hey, it's cool. I'm going to go raise him from the dead. He didn't do that. He didn't dismiss their emotions. He walked with them through their emotions and he had emotions himself. So yeah. he showed them that even though the situation could have easily been, I'm, I'm going to go raise him from the dead. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, he didn't do that because he wanted us to understand how emotions work. If he had told them, I'm going to go raise him from the dead. So don't worry about it. It would be dismissive of their emotions in that moment. And when he did raise him from the dead, they would have had trauma to deal with afterwards. They would have had to walk through that, um, before they could get past this event that happened. Instead, he allowed them to process it before he raised him from the dead so that when he raised him from the dead, they could rejoice and be like, this is in our past. We no longer carry this with us. Wow. That's so interesting. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. So there's plenty of examples in scripture like that, that I love to pull out because many people are afraid of emotions. They're afraid mm. of what they call negative emotions. Mm. But what, what we have to realize, especially if you're going through an event like this in your life and your husband 
has had an affair or your wife has had an affair. Um, if you're going through an event like that in your life, you need to understand about emotions for sure, because they can drive you to make the event worse than it actually is. And that's, that's the key is like, we, that's the third thing that I would say is don't make the event worse than it has to be. Don't pile on more pain than what's already there. Let's deal with the event that has happened and not add to it. Okay. That's good. Now, before we finish up too, I I wanted to like, so you, I think what's so inspiring about your story, if anybody's listening, it's like going through all of these things and then getting the rapid healing and then getting another hit with everything that you went through in that three weeks, but continuing to pursue the, the calling that God put upon you, continuing to pursue the journey of being an entrepreneur and what God has placed like none of that has actually deterred you from actually stepping into it. And I know for a lot of people, people, there are so many broken dreams and and dusty callings that have been put upon the shelf through life experience. Even in my own life, you know, I had been going through a, a journey of stepping into certain things and then boom, it just like, it all just got shut down and got put upon the shelf for several years. And, and you, 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 every time you walk up past the bookshelf, you see it up there, but you kind of start to forget about it. And you start to live just a normal life, just doing the daily things. But what's inspiring about what you're doing is that uh, you haven't let any of these things put your book on the shelf and you're continuing to pursue uh, the, the business that God's put upon your heart, the coaching and the impact and the influence and helping other women really come out of the same things that you've come through and, and experience that healing. So I just want to say thank you for sharing your story and, and bringing all of this up and being so raw and continuing to, to pursue what God has put upon your life so that other people can experience that. So yeah, uh, where I, I wanted to know if anybody wanted to find you, where can they go? to, uh, to connect with you? Um, so everything is connected to my website. So you can go to, um, stillwaterscoaching.life. Okay. And that will have all of my stuff on there. My social media, everything is connected through there. Um, but I am on Facebook, I'm on Instagram and I'm on TikTok. So you can check out all of my stuff there. Okay. Um, I don't think I have TikTok connected to my website just yet, um, okay. but you can definitely find me through all my things um, if you get on my website. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll go ahead and put links in the show notes if anybody wants to go and check her out. And uh, and if you are looking for a great coach, uh, I'm sure she'd love to help you out. And uh, But yeah, thanks again for hopping on here and uh, look forward to seeing everything that God's doing through you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening today. If you've been impacted by this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and join our growing community of spirit-filled sales professionals and entrepreneurs on Facebook. You can also connect with Will on Instagram or TikTok at Will Rats.